Hello and welcome to another beautiful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's your host, Andrew Gamison. Hello, Dan. We are continuing through our series uh, on who I am in Christ. And today we are talking about the fact that I am and you are, if you've trusted him, a son of God. Dan, can you give us our quote of the day? But of course. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The Father called me. John one twelve. Okay. Um, so, um, this first one is, uh, John 1 12. Um, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And the reason that I started here is because that's what we're talking about, being sons of God. Um, and that is a, that is a title that he gives us. And of course, that does qualify for daughters as well. Um, and so thankful that God calls us his family. Indeed. I am his son by faith. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians three twenty six. You know, it's kind of common in this day and age to say things like we're all children of God. And I kind of get it to a certain extent. Because we're all created by God, we should be, we should respect all of human life because it was made in God's image. Um, but I think it's very clear from this Galatians passage that we are children of God only one way, and that is through faith, by faith in Christ Jesus. So we need to make sure that we make that distinction and that we realize the truth of that and not only realize it, but really embrace it. Because it's something to be very thankful for, that there is a way to be the son of the almighty God. Do you have any thoughts, Dan? Um, well, <clears throat> part of me wants to be irreverent, and the other part of me wants to point out that um, being a son of God is an awesome thing, and it is a mighty thing, and it's a powerful thing, but it's also a responsibility. Oh, absolutely. It is. I mean, uh, he, um, that, that's why he says to us certain things like be holy as I am holy. And then he also says, you know, if you're going to have sonship, then that should fill you with gratitude. So you should want to serve him. It's not a situation where you can earn his favor. You can never do enough works to make up for what he did for you, but your works should come out of your gratitude for him. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the works that he has before ordained that we should walk in them. So we should definitely keep that in mind. And um, when you're a son, uh, whether you want to or not, you reflect your father. And when, mm-hmm. when you go somewhere and you do something, um people will either in a good way or a bad way wonder who your father is. That's one of the natural things that we wonder about each other is what's your father like. And so as children of God, we need to reflect the trueness, the holiness, the gentleness, the kindness of God. I can call God father. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, father. 
Galatians 4, 6. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, and I just feel like it bears repeating just because it's so amazing. When you watch The Passion of the Christ and you see him crying out to Abba in the Garden of Gethsemane because uh, Mel Gibson endeavored to use the original Aramaic in his production, it just shows you the closeness that we have because the very um, power that he has to call God Father, God has imparted onto us by adopting us as his children. As a son, I should share my father's heart for others. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Luke 6.36 Now, I don't know about you, Dan, but this is a convicting verse to me, because we like to think, well, it's easy for me to be kind to my friends, it's easy to be kind to the household of faith, and we're told to primarily be kind to them, but we're also told that God is kind in here, that we're to love our enemies, and and we really are taking as an example the Lord Jesus Christ because he loved us while we were yet without strength. While we were sin personified, he loved us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, it's just really convicting to me that because we are children of the highest, we should live above the world standard. The world says, look out for number one. The world says if they are not uh, looking out for you, then cast them aside. One of the things that irritates me the most, and even Christians share these memes, where it says, don't worry about what anybody else thinks, just do what makes you happy. <laughs> and I understand there is sometimes a good reason for that. Like, you can't allow people to drag you down. You don't want to um, necessarily cling to people who bring drama into your life. Well, but at the same the time, Bible says don't cling to the world. Yeah. But at the same time, the goal is, I don't believe that happiness should be a goal of the Christian life. I believe that happiness is a result. I believe God gives us happiness as we follow him. But I think holiness is the goal. And if holiness is the goal, then happiness can result. And I think that that's an important distinction. Another good extinction, not extinction, distinction, is that happiness is fleeting, joy and contentment are not. Oh, absolutely. I think of what Paul said when he said, uh, I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. I know how to have plenty and I know how to suffer need. And then he said, I'm resolved in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of funny because I had a friend that used to say, I'm resolved in whatever state I am, uh, therewith to be content. And right now that state is Michigan. So, um, <laughs> so I, I always think of her when I, when I see those verses or talk about those verses. So I had to throw that in there, but, um, it, it is interesting, isn't it? How, when we, uh, well, first of all, when we put others first, and when you think about others, we tend to start to forget about our own trouble. I think that's one significance. Yep. And then another one is just because that's what God did for us. We're supposed to model God. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. But what is the power for us to be the light of the world? 
it's because he first said, I am the light of the world. Yeah. So because he was the light of the world and is the light of the world, we have the power to do the same. Indeed. And then uh, another part of this verse that I think some people get confused occasionally is that the English language only has one word for all sorts of loves, and it's just love. Yes. Right. But when you look at some of the older languages here, God is saying um, love unconditionally, not love romantically, love unconditionally, like, you know, a father to a child, brother and sister, you know, or good friends. And not if not only if they love you, I think that, yeah. like I said, that's a, that's a worldly view is as long as people treat me well, as long as they love me, then I'm going to love them. But well, that's the point of loving unconditionally. Yeah. <laughs> going into a situation where the person is unlovable um, and loving them anyway, that is one of the most powerful um, showings of, of true Christianity. It's um, also extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult. Um, I think of a recent case where I think a police officer um, shot someone who was an innocent person in their home because she went into the wrong apartment and she thought he was in her house. And his her brother, after she was sentenced, um, gave her the gospel and said, Jesus loves you. And he, she say, he says, I hope that you get back on track. Uh, and he, he said, I, I want to give you a hug and know that I'll be praying for you. And that was really powerful to me. And then the judge was so moved that after the case was over, um, she said this would be a good place to start. And she gave her a Bible. <laughs> of course, a lot of people got upset about that, said separation of church and state. Oh, but, I, but I find it crazy how people want people to be decent, but they don't want there to be a moral standard. Yeah, that's just it's, kind of at odds. It's kind of a crazy world that we live in where both of those are true. Yes. All right. I'm no longer a slave. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son... Than an heir of God through Christ. Galatians 4, 7. Uh, and this reminds me of a passage where Jesus said in John 15, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant does not tell his um, slave or, or our master doesn't tell his servant what he's doing, but I have told you everything that I'm doing. Uh-huh. And then Paul goes a little further here and says, you are a son, and if you're a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. So when God looks at me, even though I have imperfections, even though I have flaws, he sees his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, Andrew will be okay because I am with him, and I am a part of um, what um, what is go- what is happening in his life, and therefore I will be able to produce good fruit because he is possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. So that is really encouraging to me. And then finally, I will be like him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3, 2. I think it's it's kind of hard, hard to remember Sometimes that we see through fallible eyes, we see through human understanding, we don't realize everything that is going on. I think of the um, story with Elijah, I believe, and his servant, 
I always get the shot and the jaw mixed up, but it was <laughs> one of them. I think it was Elijah and his, his servant was distressed because there were the enemy was attacking them on all, all side. And he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And he went back on the mountain and he saw, and he opened his eyes and there were all these angel warriors. Mm-hmm. standing on the mountain with them. So they were not alone. They had help. They just didn't see it. And I really, I really have resonated with like Frank Peretti's um, fiction. He hasn't written anything in years. Time to get on that Frank. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, he, he started out with uh, two um, really good novels about spiritual warfare, this present darkness and piercing the darkness, not a sponsor. But I wanted to let you know, I just really felt like it was a very compelling and realistic portrayal of what angels may very well be doing on our behalf. Because God does tell us in Hebrews that we may be unknowingly entertaining angels unaware um, because he does send them to minister to us. And so um, I just want to encourage you that um, – I don't know exactly what it's going to be like to be like God. I just know that one day we will be because we will be perfect. I think this goes back to Genesis chapter one, doesn't it? When God said, let us make man in our image. And Mm -hmm. when we were first created, we were in the perfect image of God. Then we sinned and we fell into sin. And so it tarnished the whole human race. And then Jesus came to make it right again. So that's really exciting and something to really look forward to as we continue this journey that we call the Christian life. All right. On these last two points, Dan, do you have any additional thoughts? Uh, no, I think you covered it pretty well. All right. Well, we definitely thank you for listening. I hope that you have found this series to be beneficial. If you want to, you can always download the podcast free of charge from our website. And if for some reason you would like a CD of this series, um, we can make that happen if you email us at andrew at speaking, the number for him.com. That uh, contact information will roll again at the end of the show. And so I will leave it at that and just say to you, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 